Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey you guys, welcome back to my podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I was just in my room and it's the morning here. I'm in Portugal right now and I was just thinking about toxic friendships and friendships with women and how to heal from them. And I believe I have talked about this before on a podcast, but I think it's really important to kind of go into this whole thing and go into my experience and kind of you know, how I even used to be before my radical kind of like healing era. (laughs) So let's just get into it. I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for all of the love on my new podcast cover. Thank you guys so much for sharing it so much on Instagram. It's like crazy because usually if a picture doesn't have like a slide, I think it's called a carousel. If it's not like a carousel on Instagram, then it doesn't go on the explore page. But because you guys were sharing it so much and commenting so much, it went on the explore page a lot. So thank you guys so much. I love you so much. And yeah, so let's just get into today's episode. So I had this friendship about, you know, four or five years ago before I had really gone into that radical healing era where I was celibate for two years and kind of doing all of that internal work. And one of the things that kept me really trapped in the friendship was that she was a really great and nice girl. And I knew that she was triggering me and I knew that it wasn't her fault. And I knew that I was projecting onto her and I knew all of these things that, you know, she was a great person and she was a great girl, but I, her way of existing brought out my wounds and my trauma and her just natural things about her brought out my worst self and I found myself completely losing myself it was the worst version of myself I whenever I would be around her I would be super angry and aggressive and irritated and I felt like it was my high school depression like all over again I felt like I you know was just so 
angry and irritated and and just sad and just annoyed all of the time and I didn't want to be showing up like that and I remember with her you know we were definitely in this really intense trauma bond and for her it was likely I can't speak for her but it was likely you know something for her that she was getting kind of this anger and irritation constantly that was also feeding her wounds and her trauma right because I would be angry and irritated and you know, acting kind of hot and cold to her. And then she would be kind of fawning and people pleasing and whatnot. And that was kind of her trauma. And so I was feeling that for her. And she was feeling this, this thing that I could get angry at or irritated at or aggressive or upset or hot and cold and all these things. And we used to live together and it was really just a traumatic time for me. And one of the things that was just so important, I remember in therapy, this was kind of in the very beginning of my journey. I remember I was in therapy and I just kept saying, well, I can't end the friendship because she, I'm projecting, like it's not her fault. And she is a great girl. And, you know, she is this wonderful person and it's not her fault that I'm angry at her or irritated at her. And I remember my therapist at the time kind of pushing back on that and saying, you know, just because you it's, you know, not it's not her, it's you just because it's not her fault. And just because she is not doing anything necessarily to bring out your triggers and trauma doesn't mean necessarily that you should engage in a friendship with someone that does bring out your triggers and your trauma. And I remember that that was huge for me. It was huge for me to realize that just because another person isn't in the wrong doesn't mean that I need to have a friendship with them or doesn't mean that I need to have a connection with them. If they bring out the worst in me and they trigger me and they kind of like are the embodiment of some sort of wound that I have, I don't need to be around them. And that doesn't mean that I'm not healing or not committed to my healing. It actually is the opposite. It's realizing that, wait, I have sovereignty and autonomy of who I allow into my life. And I only want to allow people that actually represent the best version of me and that help nourish the best version of me, but that aren't kind of dragging me back to these old trauma responses and and projections and even if it's not on purpose even if they're a nice person but the way that they show up in life triggers me and makes me feel like I am kind of going into these old patterns I don't need to necessarily deal with that and I think actually that has to do with a tweet I saw the other day which is there's a real misconception about what we're supposed to do when a friend is in sort of like a bad situation. So let's say I have a friend who's in an abusive relationship. Now, before you even listen to this part of the episode, if you want to really deeply understand how to heal codependency or enmeshment with friends, family, you know, partners, whatever, listen to my two podcasts on how to stop saving people, part one and part two. They're in the very beginning. I think that might've been my second or third podcast episode, but they're really good and really detailed on how to end codependency or enmeshment with a friend or anyone. And so particularly in those episodes, I was talking about a family member, but regardless in this friendship, that I'm referencing, which is just, you know, a friend who's in an abusive relationship, there's often a misconception that we should 
save that friend or tell that friend something or get them to do this or get them out of the relationship or get them to do this and that and the other. And that's really not true. And I actually saw a tweet that bothered me the other day and it was like, you know, it says something along the lines of like, you it's never told how hard it is to save a friend from a codependent or toxic relationship or something. And I responded to the tweet and was like, we don't talk about how hard it is to end codependency and the idea that we should save our friends, um, you know, in general or whatever. And the truth is that we, it is not actually our responsibility and it actually goes deeper where it's actually disrespectful to try to save someone from their patterns. And what we need to do as sovereign and autonomous individuals is we need to say, okay, my friend and see them as a sovereign individual. My friend is in an abusive relationship. Now, what does that bring out in me? What patterns of codependency does that bring out in me, right? For example, I might be trying to save them, right? That's a pattern of codependency and enmeshment and actually toxicity on your part, right? So I might be trying to save them. I might be trying to change them. I might um, get triggered. I might think that I know better about their life than them. I might be taking out, um, out their sovereignty out of the equation. I might be, uh, you know maybe getting a hit off of thinking that I know better than them or I can, you know, guide them or I can, I might be getting these kind of hits. And where does that come from? Does that come from my childhood where I wanted to get these hits from childhood of helping my mom or my dad navigate their pain and their trauma and and whatever and, and kind of know better than them and I know best and I'm kind of in this parentified role and how am I seeing this person as my parent, as someone to save and whatever. It goes on to a million different tangents where the core is that if you are in a friendship with someone who's in an abusive relationship and you are trying to save them to get out of it, now that's a problem on your end because you need to, first of all, address the fact that that's codependent. And then second, the empowered thing to do there is say, what do I, from an empowered space, what do I feel comfortable with in this friendship? What do I feel comfortable with in this friendship? It's not about, you know, how can I change this person so that I can feel comfortable? It's about recognizing, hey, I don't feel comfortable in this friendship because this brings up my own patterns. It brings up my own wounds and, and whatnot. How, how could I feel comfortable? All right. So for example, maybe it's, I need to put some space between us. Or maybe it's, I need to set boundaries with you because I really love you and I need to set boundaries that I don't want to talk about your abusive relationship because it really triggers me. Or maybe it's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have any of my old wounds come up. So I don't want to be judging you. I don't want to be shaming you. I don't want to be trying to help you. I want to let you live your life in an empowered way. And how can we do that without me, you know, overstepping? So maybe we can't talk about this guy or we can't talk about this relationship. And because I can't do that healthily, right? Which is normal, right? Now, another aspect of that is I don't want to be in this friendship anymore because being around someone who is deeply disembodied really triggers me. And it's not about them. They can be the sweetest, nicest person, but I am triggered, right? Like I'm not comfortable with this or 
there's so many different, I mean, there's a myriad of ways that you could engage. I had a friend of mine, um, we actually have a, a great relationship. We've been friends for about six years and I love her so much. And we have gone through thick and thin together and we've seen each other in deep layers of abusive relationships and abuse and toxicity. And we always are able to really see the other person and just allow them to be who they are in that moment. I remember I had gotten back in this abusive relationship years ago and she was just like, it's okay. Like, I love you still. I'm here for you. I love you. And that's an example where your, you know, your friend being toxic and in that example was me, <laughs> your friend engaging in toxic dynamics or relationships or whatnot it doesn't trigger you, right? So that's my trauma. We have a beautiful relationship in which we can allow one another to be sovereign. But I have other relationships or I had other relationships where I just couldn't. It wasn't possible. I was triggered too much by them and I had to let go of that friendship even though it wasn't about them, right? It was about me and that's okay, right? That's showing how you're committing to your healing and you're doing your work and whatnot. But I want to kind of actually go back to my friend who we are able to kind of allow one another to be in these sovereign situations and how that's grown where my friend, we've been actually, we've been friends longer than six years. We've been friends about eight years and I just love this girl so much. I can't wait to buy her. I really want to buy her this necklace that I have. Um, I want to get us matching necklaces, but, um, but I love her and we have gone through a lot. Like we've seen each other in all of our different phases in life and I will love her forever. And one of the things that's really developed where we are able to just allow the other person to be in their shit, right? And so for example, if she's in her shit, if she got back in a toxic relationship or she, you know, is, you know, acting out in a pattern or doing something wounded or whatever, that's okay with me. Like I love her regardless and I can be there for her regardless and I can hear her and whatnot. And one of my, my patterns is trying to, um, save others or give kind of this advice, which is actually my career, right? So it's my career where I need to put that into a, a space where I don't bring that into my friendships. And it's actually been an amazing outlet because having my coaching and having my career be, you know, leading women out of toxicity and abuse and whatnot allows that aspect of me because it is a very deep and important aspect of me to get fed. So, okay, I'm, you know, in an appropriate space helping women and bringing them out of toxicity and giving them advice. And that's literally what they want from me in that moment versus, you know, my best friend who she just wants to be heard without advice. I need to be able to do that. Right. And, but the point here is, is that our whatever trauma or whatever works together. We don't get triggered by one another and the ways that we have, we've, we've been able to work through. But there's other friendships where I just don't have that because our trauma doesn't work together. Her trauma triggers me. I'm, you know, acting out of my worst self and then my worst self and my trauma triggers her. And we're just in this deep trauma bond. Now, there's a difference between a trauma bond and a healthy relationship. And so it's important to have healthy relationships, even in your friendships. And so in my my friendship that I had that was deeply traumatic and a trauma bond for me, we, she was going through her shit. I'm going through my shit, but our shit doesn't work together. Like her shit triggers me. It triggers me too far where I can't actually work through it. 
I don't want to be around someone that I get triggered by 24 seven. It's nothing personal to her. I think she's a great person. I just, I don't want to be around that and vice versa. Right. And so, but I have another friend where we both got our shit going on. You know, we've been in through the depths of being in each other's shit, right? Like I, you know, my most abusive situations, my most abusive relationships and her most abusive relationship. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details and her trauma and her, you know, stuff like that. And we're able to just hold space for one another without trying to change, without trying to save. And there's, there's an importance in that. But my point here is, is that if you're not able to have that with someone, you don't have to. Just because, you know, it's someone else's triggers that are triggering you, so it's really you getting triggered and it's just a projection and whatever, doesn't mean that you should still engage in that friendship. I have friendships, like I said, that I left because I was being triggered by them and I don't deserve or desire a life where I'm constantly being triggered. Then I have other friendships where I'm not triggered by them or if I am, I can regulate through it and just be a safe space for them to be. And and their, their trauma looks very similar, right? Like it's like, okay, toxic relationships and this and that, but we just work right? We just work. And so for me, I think it's really important to just find that balance of, and that sovereignty and that real, you know, self-validation of, I don't need to be in a friendship that brings out the worst in me or, or X, Y, Z, or I can learn, or maybe it's a different type of friendship, like the other one I have where oh, I see that I'm actually projecting here, which I had to go through in even my my wonderful friendship where we can hold space with one another. I'm projecting here. I'm trying to give advice here. I'm trying to save here. How can I alter that while, while also staying in the relationship? Because we actually have a really great relationship. It's actually funny because we both have, my, my great friend, um, we both have like estranged kind of parents and our our estranged parent, we both have like one, one estranged parent and 
the parent is the estranged parent for the both of us is the other one's birthday. So they have the same birthdays. Like, for example, my father, my biological father, who I'm not uh, close with, is her birthday. His birthday is her birthday. And, you know, and, you know, so it's kind of funny. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then she has the same thing for me. So we both have the birthday of an estranged biological parent, which is just kind of interesting. Um, But I, yeah, I just, I feel that it's really important to find, to really actually, the first thing I think is important is to find a way to validate yourself and understand that you don't need to be in friendships that trigger you. And then at the same time, also have the discernment to see where am I being triggered in this, in a different friendship maybe, that it's actually for my growth and I can actually heal through this and and keep this relationship. And I think that's important because there's a lot of being triggered that's really healing. For example, me and my partner, um, Jeremiah, we get triggered by one another, you know, all the time. I would say, you know, once once a month or something like that, once every two weeks, you know, we there's something that comes up where one of us is triggered by the other one and we don't need to get, you know, throw the relationship away. It's a catalyst for our healing. We have a great connection. We have a great relationship. And so our triggers are it's very important that we get triggered or that our triggers come up because it allows us to heal deeper and grow deeper together. And it allows us to illuminate for the other one where they still need to grow and they still need to work. And that's great, right? Even my mom, my mom and I have developed a really great relationship and my triggers with her were spaces where I was able, actually, this is a great, this is a great example. I'm going to do parents. Okay. Cause I have an estranged parent and I have a parent I'm very close with. So my mom, I get triggered by her, you know, often, you know, frequently, I would say maybe if I'm hanging out with her, you know, and it's if I if I go to her house and I'm living with her, then I get triggered more often versus if she comes and visits me or, you know, we do a retreat together or something like that, then I don't get triggered as often. But regardless, when I'm around her, sometimes I get triggered. And that has been a really deep healing space with my mom has been learning how to, first of all, release a lot of trauma and pain. Um, Second of all, really come into sisterhood with my mom. And that's been a really wonderful experience that I've had. And so right there is an example of I'm triggered. I might get triggered by her, but that's okay. Right. I can use the trigger to heal deeper or to maybe take some space in that moment or to understand myself better or to, you know, release a pattern or something like that. So the trigger is actually helpful, even though I'm triggered versus let's say with my biological father, me being triggered all the time by him means that I don't want the relationship. There's a difference. And we don't we need to have the discernment to understand where the difference is, and then how we show up with our triggers when we are in a relationship that we're actually healthily in, but we just need to learn how to allow them to be a sovereign person and allow them to be, you know, their own person without us kind of overstepping. And there's a difference there. And so it's important though, because for example, like with my friend, that would be an example of my friend who I was in a trauma bond. That would be like my, my biological dad. Okay, you know, I'm triggered by you 24 7. You're sweet, but 
I just don't want this relationship, right? And versus my mom, which is, you know, synonymous to my my really good friend, my, one of my best friends who I've been friends with for eight years. Okay, I get triggered by you, but I can heal through this. And we actually have a really good relationship that I desire to deepen into. And I don't need to end this friendship just because I'm triggered by you, right? Versus someone else I might be triggered by and just need to end the relationship. Okay, side note, I'm also, I'm so excited because me and my mom did a photo shoot together and it was literally everything. And so I can't wait to get the pictures back and to post them. And to, I have like this photo album that I made. This is totally random. This is just life update. But I had this photo album that I ordered off of Etsy and it's so beautiful and so well done. And it has me and Jeremiah's names like inscribed into it. So it says Jeremiah and Victoria and I got two of them. And so I've been really printing out a lot of photos on Shutterfly. And it's been really, really wonderful. Like to actually print out photos and to not just have them in my phone has been everything. So I really do actually also want to do a, a session on or a podcast on healing my mother relationship, my relationship with my mother, um, because I, I was about to say wound, but a lot of times healing your mother wound looks like ending your relationship with your mother, or it looks like remothering yourself. Well, it always looks like remothering yourself, but how it looks like with your actual mother physically, tangibly, that's going to vary for everybody. So sometimes healing your mother wound looks like healing, or it looks like ending your relationship with your mother. Sometimes healing your mother wound looks like just mothering yourself. It always looks like that and then you know in other instances it's not healing the mother wound but healing my relationship with my mother has been a really impactful journey in the last year and we've really come into like sisterhood in the last you know year and so we did this photo shoot together and I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited like I can't wait to get these pictures back and so yeah so I'm really excited about that and actually let's talk about even just real quick let's talk about friends and making friends because something that has been really important is really having that I've been thinking about is having standards for friends and a lot of times I notice that people are very afraid to be alone. And actually my my boyfriend, he tweeted the other day and he was saying something about, you know, the lone wolf phase is very important. And that is very true. And I honestly should make another podcast about that. I'm going to write that down right now because someone stitched one of my TikToks and it really bothered me because she was talking about how, you know, you know, don't do the healing on your own and the solitude because, you know, you need to heal in partnership with others and blah, blah, blah. Well, the truth is that the healing individually is the prerequisite to the healing in partnership. Both are equally important, but one has to come before the other. um, And that's just the truth. And so both are really, really important. And so I'm going to make a note right here to make a podcast about the lone wolf phase and then the healing in partnership. Both are great, but it is important that you do have your kind of like lone wolf phase. And so with friendships, it's important to understand that it's okay to not have friends for a little bit. And I think that's really important. Like it's okay to not have friends. It's okay to find community It's okay to find friends, but if we're not comfortable without friends, if we're not comfortable on our own, 
what's going to happen is we're going to settle in a lot of our friendships and in our relationships, but especially our friendships. And so for me, I had a period about a year where I did have my close friend of eight years and I've had like my, my longtime friends, but I don't live in the same cities as them. I have my best friend from my, my like pillars of my life are like my best friend from when I was 11 years old. She's still my absolute best friend. We've always talked about her being my maid of honor at my wedding. She will be. I just, I love this woman. She is amazing. And being able to have a 15 year friendship with her and, you know, be friends and have someone have known me from when I was, you know, I've known her since I was in kindergarten. We've been in the same class, but we, you know, became best friends when we were 11 or so. And that's been really, really special. I went and visited her in, um, in her city the other day. And then I also have another friend who I've been friends with since I was 13. And then I have my other uh, close friend who I've been friends with for the last eight years. But besides them, right, because I don't live in the same city as them and I don't see them that often and I don't even, you know, talk to them that often, but they are my closest friends. But besides that, I felt like I didn't really have friends because I don't connect with anyone on I didn't connect with anyone on a day to day basis and you know, I just wasn't, I was in a different space and I was kind of losing a lot of friends in that space. Like I wasn't gaining friends. I was just kind of ending friendships, ending friendships and stepping away from things that didn't serve me and, and really ending my attachments to what the people represented and, and whatnot. And so in that space, I was losing a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was, I was, you know, not losing them. I was ending the friendships and I think it's important to be in that phase. We're not doing a going to do the lone wolf podcast right now. I'll do that one next. But I think it's really important to be in that space, in that space of, you know, I'm okay just losing or ending these friendships because I don't want to be in them anymore. Like I'd rather be by myself and I want to, you know, kind of build myself up right now. And then when I'm ready, I'll be in friendships that serve me. But having standards for your friendships, instead of just having friends that are like FOMO friends, I kind of call them like friends that you just have because you're anxious to not have them. Like, I don't want to choose people like that. I want to choose people because they're a full body. Yes. And I want people to choose me because I'm a full body. Yes. And so now I have a ton of girls that I connect with on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I think social media for me has helped a lot because I've been able to connect with a lot of women who are like-minded to me and, you know, a lot of women that are in a similar embodiment space as me and we can connect and meet up and, and that kind of thing. And that's been really nice. And so my point here is, though, is that have friends that are a full body yes. And if they're not a full body yes or you don't really feel like you are choosing this person 100%, it's okay to let those friendships go and make space for more authentic friendships. When you're still so attached to unhealthy friendships, it's really hard to even create a resonance in your own body for healthy friendships because the space that you're going to be coming from is a space of, I just need friends because I don't want to be alone and I don't want to be by myself and and this and that. And having sisterhood is actually, I think, going to be one of the like main themes of one of the next chapters in my life is having a lot of sisters and a lot of really close friends. And I couldn't have had this if I was still attached to all of the women that I was friends with a few years ago that just weren't serving me and they weren't a full body yes and I just didn't really resonate or align with them but 
they were there and I felt like I had to kind of be friends with them or I was in a trauma bond with them or all these kind of things. And so my point here is, is have, make sure that your friends are a full body. Yes. And, and yeah. And so I think that's really, really important as well. And with that, I think I will end this episode. It's kind of shorter. Usually my episodes are like an hour long. I feel like or like 45 minutes usually, but Um, Yeah, I love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys soon. And thank you so much. All right, see you next Saturday. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.